Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the latest episode of the Synth 71 podcast. My name's Stuart, the founder, and today I'm joined by footballing royalty and Chloe Williams from Liscard Athletic. Chloe has the massive honour of being the top scorer in the Women's FA Cup last season. That's the 2020 to 2021 season. And um, we're going to cover some points that about her club, um, Liscard Athletic, um, about how she earned the accolade itself, and um, talking a little bit about uh, general women's football. So without no further ado, I introduce you to Chloe. How are you doing, Chloe? Hello, I'm not too bad, thanks. How are you? I'm, I'm all good. I'm all good. As we said um, off air, we arranged to do this at 8pm uh, time of recording, and I was in charge of putting my two-year-old daughter to bed. Um, she fell asleep at five minutes to eight, um, so fortunately, I've been able to get in here on time. I didn't keep you waiting around long enough, long too long. So uh, no, no, yeah, it's fine. It all worked out well in the end, just about. But um, sort of jumping straight into it, um, could you tell tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your sort of footballing background? Yeah, so my name's Chloe. I'm 25, and I've more or less been playing football my whole life. Uh, my dad's always been a footballer. Uh, he did get to a semi-professional level, and then my mum was into athletics, so I've been involved in quite a sporty family. And literally, football is my life. Amazing. So who did your dad play for? Oh, and all I know is that it was a team in Reading that he played for, because that's where we came came from originally. Um, right. And then he started so- getting troubles with his knees, so he unfortunately had to go into the coaching side of it from then onwards. So he's living vicariously through you a little bit. Yeah. So obviously you've had that sort of background in football. So can you remember Can you remember when you first started playing outside of uh, the local park, having a kickabout, and you, you joined a team? Yeah, so the very first sort of memory that I've got is uh, when my dad was playing football uh, in his sort of local area, I would tag along and just sort of, you know, kick the ball on the sideline with my brother's. And we'd be doing that for ages, the entire game. Afterwards, they'd struggle to get us to go home because we'd just be having such a great time kicking the ball around. And then just sort of, I must have been, I don't know, seven or eight before I joined my first sort of local local boys team as it was back then because obviously girls' football was near enough non-existent by this point. And yeah, so... And how did, how did, how did you find that? I guess I was kind of oblivious to it at that sort of age. Didn't really think too much of it. Because obviously when you're sort of at primary school and things like that, you 
you're playing with boys and girls anyway, no matter what sport you're doing. So to me, I didn't think much of it and just thought, okay, I'll join my local football team and I'll just play with the boys for forever, you know. But then obviously they had a bit of restriction on it. I think it was well, back when I was playing when I was younger, I think, to the age of 14. I think that's the oldest yeah. you could go to and then you'd have to find a women's team from then onwards. And was was there a point where you became conscious of uh, being? W- w- were you the only female on the team? I was. And w- was there a point that you, you became conscious of that at all? Um, I don't think it ever really phased me. I mean, um, I did get sort of bullied at one point whilst playing football, uh, but I always put it to the fact that I was probably better than them. And their only way of coping with it was to bully me for it, which, you know, absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, Did you find that that was more from opposition players or sometimes within your own team, sadly? A mix. I'd say it was more opposition. It did happen occasionally in the team that I was playing. But luckily I was quite close with the manager that was there. And obviously I just spoke to him about all of it and he sorted it out right away. And in terms of the opposition, I always got funny looks until I was the one running past them with the ball, beating their team. <laughs> Amazing. And is it something that you think has impacted your footballing career for the better because of the education that you had playing with boys? Yeah, I'm kind of glad that I sort of had those experiences, although I know that they weren't positive ones, but they're the sort of things that make you stronger for it and sort of give you the attitude of not to care about what other people think, what other people say to you. So uh, what position do you play in? I am a striker. Used to be a midfield back when I was younger, but now I've sort of scooched my way onto the top. I guess I'll probably spoil it a little bit by saying that obviously you were you won the the golden ball at the FA the FA Cups, and clearly you're going to be someone that's not you're not going to be a goalkeeper or in defence. Funnily enough, I used to be a goalkeeper. Oh really? What sort of ages? Back when I was a lot younger, I don't think I was a goalkeeper for long, for probably obvious reasons. But no, yeah, I started off as a goalkeeper and then midfield and then now I'm up top slowly worked your way forwards and um banging in the goals yep um so Liscard Athletic whereabouts in the world is it first and foremost for all of us that aren't aware in the depths of Cornwall I mean my geography is pretty horrific I just know it's in Cornwall because I actually live in Devon so I've got about a 40 45 minute journey to get down to Liscard So, so whereabouts is it you live at the moment I live in Lifton which is, yeah, I was going to say, I've just said it and you've probably got no idea. So could you tell us a little bit about the, the league that Liscard play in? Or should I say have just got promoted from and the league that you just got promoted to? Yeah, so we were, the league that we're now in, we were originally in as our old team. Because we used to be Callington Ladies Football Club. And then there's sort of new, I think it was new ownership got involved and then it just got a bit bit messy sort of behind the scenes so the only way we could stay together and play football as a group of girls as we are now we were to sort of change our team name but then also drop a league which was pretty tough on all of us because we worked so hard as the Callington team to sort of win that league and for that to have happened then get told we couldn't carry on unless we changed our team name and dropped down the league so that we could still play together It kind of broke us all, but then again, it was also quite a good motivator for all of us as a Liscard to 
smash that league to then go back up to where we are now, back where we belong. Did you manage to retain the the same sort of the core of the team at that point? Yeah, more or less all of us and uh, a couple few newbies we've got as well, but the main sort of core part of the team were all still there. So that was, um, you've just got promoted from the sixth tier of the pyramid and you're now playing in tier five. Um, so what teams are you going to be competing against next year? Uh, I think we got team, I think it's, we've got like Forest Green, uh, Sherbourne, uh, quite a few teams that are further afield, so there's going to be a lot more travelling involved. Yeah, that's one of the uh, biggest impacts when you do start to climb up the leagues. Well, at, um, so I currently coach at uh, a, f- a promoted fourth tier team called Moneyfields, based in Portsmouth, and um, we we've got St Austell in our league. So, um, oh, wow. yeah, I think it's a sort of a three, three and a half to four hour drive there and back. So, um, yeah, yeah, that that, so. Could, that could well be um, an overnight. Uh, trip with that one overnight jobby yeah yeah but it'll be but that, that that's what you, what you what you want to get promoted to be honest isn't it you want to you don't want to be playing the same teams all that are on your doorstep you want to be <clears> traveling <throat> farther afield and, and testing yourself against some of the best teams in yeah. the uh, in your region so it's definitely something that we're all excited about as a as a club it's um yeah it's going to be a really competitive one so uh yeah, we're looking forward to it, and then we've obviously got the FA Cup draw, but we'll we'll move on to that in, uh, yeah, in a little yeah. bit. But um, could you tell us? Enjoy it all. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's just after COVID and not having it, it just makes every single training yeah. session and every single weekend um, really special and something to really look forward yeah. to. I don't know how did uh, did COVID affect affect yourself? A lot more than I thought it would. Um. I guess I hadn't realised by that point how much it's going to sound quite, I don't know, cliche or cringy, but how much football actually meant to me and how much of a getaway that it was. Along with the sort of like, obviously the social side of it, getting to see all my my friends and whatnot. But yeah, it did hit me quite hard, if yeah. I'm honest. And um, how did the, the squad manage that? Did you all stay in contact quite a lot through COVID or did you all kind of like focus on yourselves and your own families a little bit? Yeah, so um, we've got a like a team group chat anyway, and <clears throat> I think it was during the first lockdown we did a, a like a sort of like mini competitions yep. or like daily challenges that we do. Oh, the Zoom quiz! The Zoom quizzes! I'd almost forgot about the Zoom quizzes. The quizzes, the drinks, all of it. It was you know we kept one another going. We checked in on one another sort of individually as well as a whole group as well, which was quite nice. We just sort of kept everything going so it sounds like it's really a real close-knit group then it's very it's i call it my second family oh and who is this it's very nice can you tell us a little bit about the head of the family the uh, first team coach mm. yeah so good old lee yeah mm. no he's great friends so we have lee is our main manager we've recently had two new coaches come as well we got simon wallace who used to be the manager for buckland athletic right um, and we've also got another coach that's come in who sort of helped train train us when we were Callington as well. So he's come back over. Makes and sense. then so you've got a we also have, we've got the whole shebang now, the whole hog. Liscard, massive. Goalkeeping coach? Um, the, co- the two coaches that we've just brought in, they are goalkeepers. 
So I think there's going to be a mixture of those two doing a bit of goalkeeper coaching as well as coaching us as well. Excellent. As someone that used to play in goal, it's always that position that you tend to forget forget about. It all gets forgotten yeah. about. So mm. yes, uh, it's great to hear. And what about what are the uh, the club's biggest local rivals? I think for us in the obviously the league that we've just come out of, I think our biggest rivals in that was Helston. We always had always had a little rivalry with them, sort of jokey rivalries. Nice bit of competition. Is that a geographical rivalry or more that they were competing in the league with you? Competing in the league, I think. Well, Always feisty game. Yeah, good. Every, every club needs it. Always Women, exciting. Made it even better. Well, women's football does need it. I know I have many conversations with fans where they want it, um, women's football, to be all very nice and respectful. And to a degree, I, I agree with that. But I think these sort of rivalries are brilliant. It gets people excited and it makes the it gets a buzz around a local area and it's not yeah we love it well it's not a coincidence that you tend to find that those games you have bigger attendances so clearly the fans want yeah it and i guess as a player you probably quite like it too it just adds into more of the i don't know it just puts a whole different mood onto it it just doesn't feel like a normal game feel like right these are our rivals and then everyone sort of turns it up a notch Obviously not to the point where we're kicking one another. It's not that bad, but it just adds that extra bit of feistiness to it. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with a bit of healthy competition. And if the, foul, exactly. if the, if the crowd want to get um, get involved with a little bit of pantomime booing, then I think that works. I don't think any players can begrudge that, especially if it doesn't, as long as it doesn't get personal, then uh, if it adds that atmosphere, that, that, yeah, no, that's, exactly. what, that's what grows the local game. And um, hopefully we'll see uh, a little bit more of those kind of encounters. Like I know... I'm always a big fan when the National League put on their midweek games when you've got the, the yeah. two the local derbies. Um, yeah, games under the lights, there's there's nothing like that. So your personal achievements for Liscard have turned heads within women's football as you've been honoured with receiving the accolade of the FA Cup's top scorer last season with 12 goals, including seven in one game. Firstly, yep. how did that achievement make you feel? It's, to be honest, it's only really just sunk in now. It's not something I ever thought I would achieve, ever. So for me to get it, it was massive confidence boost. And it just makes me want to win it again this year. <laughs> uh, well, uh, where, does the tr- where does the trophy live right now? It lives in the lounge, in plain sight, so everyone's got no choice but to see it as they come in. Brilliant. Is there times that you have like walked around the house and just kind of had to remind, you've noticed it and been like, oh, there it is again, and you have a little moment to yourself? Yeah, to be fair, it's going to sound quite sad, but I have had a few occasions where I literally just look at it and go, I actually won that, and I beat, I beat those players. Yeah, you're something you should definitely be proud about, because it's, you've got an award that the likes of Sam Kerr, Alessia Russo... They didn't get it. You got it. You're the top scorer of a internationally renowned competition, and it's fantastic. Um, so, when you scored your twelfth goal, um, did you ever think that you would finish the competition as top scorer? What what point in the competition did you think, "Hang on a minute, no one scored as many goals as me"? I mean, I was completely oblivious to the whole top goal scorer leaderboard. Anyway, I had no idea it was a thing. As daft as that sounds, but I just had no idea. And then I think we got to, I think it was just before the third game. Uh, my manager said to me, I was like, you 
do realise your top goal scorer and their fake up. And I was like, well, what do you mean? I was like, they're not doing that, are they? And he was like, yeah, you've got so many goals. And I was like, oh, I didn't realise. And then, yeah, I did not expect to finish it. Considering how early on we sort of went out, I didn't expect to stay at the top that entire time. So, which, which makes it that little bit more special. Definitely. And which point in the competition did it really start to become a thing for you where you were looking out and seeing who had scored what and you were monitoring the, the, the current list of top goal scorers? I, I think it was literally from that moment onwards, once I'd sort of known the top goal scorer leaderboard was a thing, I was like, I've got to make sure I win it. Yeah, so, so I'd be checking it all day, every day, so you, <laughs> making sure no one gets near me. When the draws came out, you were hoping that there weren't two particularly mismatched teams. You want everyone to be sort of quite close and quite competitive. Yeah, I held my breath each time. Let's sort of revisit and find out how you got there. So Liscard entered at the first qualifying round and you took on Callington Town. We, yes. We, we, we need to acknowledge the scoreline. Um, it was twenty-eight. It was a big one. Nil. But how was how was the match for you? It's kind of a tricky one. Um, I mean, I think I'd also broken a record for the Liscard Club to score the quickest goal. I scored in the first ten seconds of the game. Right, and how did that come? And apparently, that that was a club record. So, and how did that come about? Literally just kick off, ran straight with the ball, took a shot, went in. So you picked up the ball from the sort the centre spot and Yeah, literally straight from the start, straight off, straight through. Wow. And well, what can you remember about all other seven goals? Do you have a favourite? <laughs> um, I think one of them was a header, which I was super impressed with because I do not score headers ever. So for me to do that. It's an incredible achievement for myself. And how were sort of Callington at the time during the match? Because it must have been a bit demoralising for them. Let, let, let's be honest. Yeah, no, it wasn't like... It sort of got to a point where we were... Like, pers- I'm not sure how all the other girls felt, but I felt really bad. I thought there's... I knew if I was in their shoes, I wouldn't... I'd be dreading the rest of the game. I just... I'd almost feel like I wouldn't want to play. But we gave them their dues. Like, they, they did play their best. They did. They kept their spirits up. None of them got agitated or annoyed with us or anything they just carried on playing regardless of the scoreline they just ignored it they'll be like all right you know it's nil nil and just sort of play that way with that mindset like we we sometimes do with our games so if the scoreline starts to sort of annoy any of us we'll just turn around and be like look it's nil nil we go again and we carry on and that's the sort of mindset Callington had which was really nice and then we all just sort of had fun and joked as we went through it, just to make it that bit more enjoyable and not really care about the scoreline. Yeah, so it was all sort of quite sort of good natured, and they were happy. Everyone was probably happy when the uh, final whistle was blown. Yeah, they ran for those drinks after. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, they they probably definitely deserved them. Oh yes, hundred percent. So that took you to the second qualifying round against Ottery St Mary's, where you came away eleven yep. nil winners. How was that game for you? It was obviously a little bit closer, but still comfortable. Yeah, it was a, li- it was a little bit harder. Um, I do have to own up and say I was actually very hungover that day. <laughs> and still scored a hat-trick. So hungover. <laughs> and still got a hat-trick. So you know, I can't complain massively. But it was still another competition for us because sometimes, or I've found in the time that I've been playing, when you, even though you might play in a higher league and you play against 
sort of lower league teams, you tend to bring yourself down to those their level. Sure. Not in like a mean way. You just you don't realise you're doing it sometimes and you'll just sort of bring yourself down to that level. Which is kind of what we ended up doing in the game against Ottery. So in all fairness, we probably could have scored a couple more, but we just sort of focused a bit more on our sort of gameplay and things like that. Yeah. Rather than just banging in numerous amount of goals, just sort of work on the build up before we shoot, sort of. Definitely. So we got Thanks. almost a little. Everyone kind of uh, got a little bit scrappy and a bit quite direct. Was it? It wasn't too bad. There was the odd shin kick here and there, but that's expected nowadays. So this took you to the third qualifying round, where you took on Axminster Town. Um, this was a much closer game um, that Wikipedia shows as four nil. But um, we spoke off air, and you thought that the score was slightly different. So we're going to go with what you think. Um, and you said that it was 4-2 of Axminster grabbing a couple of goals themselves? Potential. I know it was a lot closer a game than the previous ones. Um, but again, I could be completely wrong. Could have been hung, I know could have been we, hung over for that game it. too. <laughs> no, I was actually fresh-faced that day. <laughs> yeah. and obviously, so... Fresh as a daisy, that one. <laughs> and how did you feel going into that game? Because obviously at that point you knew that you were top scorer in the competition. We were sort of, I think we all sort of realised how far along, you know, we'd sort of got first time being in the competition, first time as this new team. And I think we, by that, by this point, we sort of really felt like we could be the underdogs and really thought, you know, we, we could go far in this if we obviously believe in ourselves enough, which we did. So to have won that game, to then go to the next stage, it was such a good feeling. And from a personal perspective, um, in the build-up, how did you feel? Were you nervous? I was a little bit. I mean, I'm I'm always nervous before games anyway, regardless of whether they're sort of cup games, FA Cup games, anything like that. But I think for me, it was the whole top goal scorer thing was sort of sinking in by that point. So there might have been an added bit of nerves, but nothing I couldn't handle. Yeah, well, you came away with two goals on the day. And can you remember yeah. anything about either of those goals? Do you have a favourite one? Um... No, I think they're both pretty level. I mean, I screamed my absolute head off for both, so... Yeah? Oh, brilliant. It was that was like great a, fun. Brilliant. It's almost like a little bit of a release then. It's, cra- it's a crazy kind of buzz you get once you just sort of see the ball hit the back of the net and then you literally lose your mind for a few seconds. And so how did everyone feel when you'd got through to that, to the first round proper and the draw was being made and you picked up Cheltenham Town? I think a majority of people were surprised. I don't think many people thought we'd get that far. Yeah. So for us to sort of do it, just just made it all that little bit, little bit better. Yeah. Much more of an achievement for us all. Because within that within that round, you had all of the national league sides, so you could have you could have got anyone. So I think that was a was a really good draw. Cheltenham Town obviously yeah. got promotion from their league this year, as and that was a competitive league that contained Southampton Women, Exeter City, and AFC Bournemouth. So you did go out four 0 to them, but there's certainly no discredit in a result like that. And um, Obviously, did you did you notice a, a step up in facilities when you went away to them at all, or or not? Yes, yeah, there was quite a step up in in all of it. To be completely honest, even sort of atmosphere wise, there was a sort of a slight change, but 
we embraced all of it. We went in knowing that we could be the underdogs, but then also knowing how much of a higher level that they are and how they've more than likely got these high-level coaches in with them, training a couple times a week. Obviously, we only do once a week. But no, we all still went in with our heads held high. And although we did, we lost 4-0, but that almost didn't phase us as such. We were happy with that result. And we sort of made a weekend of it as well. So we all went up. I think it was the night before we all went up. And then sort of had the game. We'd gone out the night before for food and drink. Just sort of had a good time with it all. Excellent. It, But then that's the sort of the memories that you get from the FA Cup. And that's, for me, what makes it so special. Because I imagine, were there probably some of your sort of friends and family that did the same? Yeah. Yeah, so quite a few people came up with us. Um, so we all stayed in the same hotel. And yeah, it's just we sort of saw it as a another way to bond as a team. Do you think do you think Which was really nice. Do you think that experience helped you even though you lost the game, do you think it helped you with the rest of the season and the run in? Yeah, massively. It did bring us a lot co- a lot closer, you know. We sort of all thought look how far we've all come like as a team like we've all pushed one another to get this far in the competition and we just sort of thought of it as no matter how far we get whether it be in this FA Cup or in the league like we're still we're still going to be a close-knit team and we sort of all take one another above and beyond as much as we can don't leave anyone behind amazing and um, obviously you didn't score in that game sadly but were there chances to score were you left sort of frustrated on that front there were a few chances. Um, I think I got a headbutt to the back of the head when I was in on goal. So that ruffled a few feathers on that one. And it's actually on their highlight video, which was delightful. <laughs> I do not fall elegantly. I can say that much. Okay, well, we won't direct, uh, I won't add that into the show notes <laughs> or anything like that. But maybe I'll have a little look later tonight No, that's myself. fine. But it's yeah, a- I think it's on their Twitter page, so yeah. Oh, we'll have a little gander. But um, obviously, there have been some changes in next season's FA Cup with a much welcomed and much needed increase in the prize money. So Liscard um, would have earned approximately £1,600 for taking part in those four rounds. But under Lewis Football Club's equal pay campaign, I've been able to work out that Liscard could have earned closer to £26,000 during that cup run. Could you even imagine what the club could do with a sum like that? Yeah, I mean, it leaves me speechless, you just saying that. So if, if we were to actually, or the club rather, were to get that money, it it, it would help massively. It, it's it's crazy. I know there are some clubs that are probably in two or three tiers higher than Liscard who don't necessarily have a budget of that. And it's it's certainly something that's exciting for this year, the fact that the prize money has increased because it, could, it will have such a massive impact when it comes to... I know a lot of clubs are citing any investment they have got as going towards sort of facilities, resources... But one, yeah, but, but I'd like to just see it go to the players a little bit. If you could, like, as a club, no one's paying subs. It could be a win bonus on there, and for me, that really needs to be the future for grassroots clubs. When you look across at men's football within sort of the steps five to seven, 
they're getting these kind of sums in the men's FA Cup and they're getting these sort of sums to pay players and it's the sort of thing that does need yeah. to move. And I know from you guys, do you play on a, a grass pitch? Yes, we do, yeah. Yeah, and obviously with the, the terrible weather that we, we always have in the winter, just to, to have more 3G surfaces is, is have a massive impact and this sort of money would go a hell of a long way. So fingers crossed for... Uh, another run we're heading in the right direction definitely definitely but um i guess are you almost a little bit frustrated that Liscard don't enter till the second qualifying round now you've been promoted um it's not phased me too much personally i mean there is the slight worry of i've got one less game to get the goals in but yeah. makes it that little bit more exciting to see how many i can just squeeze in now Definitely. Well, within the draw, you've been drawn away to Seaton Town. What do you know about them? I don't know anything about them. Um, I've never come across them, I don't think, personally. So it'll be a nice, nice new team to So it'll to be play a, a really sort of, I guess as a club, you'll be more worrying about yourselves and the opposition then and getting them to defend against you. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I can't remember if a couple of our players who've played for different teams at the time and played against them, but I've not had a chance to speak to them and just sort of get the get the down low and the details. Well, I think there are going to be plenty of people within women's football circles that are going to be watching for that game and uh, yeah. rooting for you to see if you can uh, get ahead early on. But looking back on all of it, you're saying it's only just sort of sinking in now. How do you think you're going to feel about this achievement as you as you kind of stop playing and as you reach your sort of 30s, 40s, 50s and hopefully when you, when you have sort of your children and children's children? Yeah, it's just, I think it's just one of those things that's always, it's obviously always going to stick with me. It's a huge achievement to be able to say to people that I've won the FA Cup Golden Ball. I'm in like FA Cup history. Like saying it now, it would still still leave me speechless. Like it just blows my mind, honestly. Didn't you get you went to Wembley to receive the trophy itself? Yes, I did. Yeah, and then watch the um, final itself as well, which was incredible. We had to walk the long way round to get to the entrance we needed to go through because we just had sort of the normal match day tickets, and I didn't have a sort of um, not sure what they call it, but like the right accreditation to say obviously why I was there although I was there to watch the game but obviously I was there for a bit more than that but they didn't know so there's a bit of a faff of all of that and then getting down onto pitch side to be able to receive the award one of the security uh, the security guards which he was obviously doing his job by all means because I didn't have the right pass on me they were sort of saying no you can't go on pitch side because you've not got the right pass and all this that and the other luckily they let me go through in the end because it was literally pop onto the side of the pitch for five ten minutes and then go sit back down so everything else could carry on but all in all it was incredible day incredible experience when were you presented with it was this before the game half time uh before the game so we more or less got taken in early um, and sort of shown our seats given sort of 10 20 minutes to look around let it all sort of you know sink in get the cheeky pictures in on all those bits and then uh one of the guys came up and got me and said oh do you mind popping down on pitch side to meet um Faye White yeah who presented me the award we had a little bit of a chat and then 
I just tried to let it sink in. Oh, amazing. It must have been a real buzz. And um, yeah, I can imagine how proud um, everyone must have been. And also, you, hopefully you afforded a little bit of a moment to be proud of yourself as well. I gave myself a couple of minutes, yeah. Talking about another recent competition that um, ended at Wembley, um, England uh, winning the Euros. How was it for you? Did you get to watch any games? I was there in person. And it was incredible. It was amazing. Same, yeah, was... same, same. I, I, I managed to yeah. go to four of the England games. Um, I think. We're... Oh wow! Yeah, I only managed to go to the one. Yeah, I was really lucky. I, being based in Portsmouth, we had um, England games in Brighton and Southampton. So I, I just booked up those tickets before the fixtures were on, and I'm just a stroke of luck that England managed to finish top of the group, and I managed to get the extra game. Yeah. But yeah, it was a couple of my friends did that. It was absolutely unreal. Um, you must have been a bit disappointed that the Southwest weren't wasn't really rep, well represented. Um, like I personally feel that Plymouth would have been a great place to stage one of the games. You would have thought so, but I'm guessing it's just not something they look into. Maybe it's just a quick and easy option for them to choose those places rather than bring it more down this way regardless of obviously the achievements we've had down this way yeah yes you never know with their track train of thoughts do you yeah well i think i understand that some of these a lot of stadiums were approached but then some of them didn't take up an option or didn't apply to have them but either way whichever way it came from it was a real shame because i think the, the sort of southwest can sometimes seem like a bit of an overlooked area um yeah for for international matches and it would be great to get get the lionesses touring round the the uk with a lot more of the games i know they're back in stoke soon um i think it's the luxembourg game offhand so it'd be great if we can sort of move around it's, it's, it's good that it's in the midlands but it'd be great to kind of move it around and kind of get to all four corners of england so it, every fan yeah. gets a chance to see it without having to uh to go do a little overnight trip somewhere but I know that um, I saw a lot of stories from women in, that have played the game at sort of varying levels some that are still playing some that um, have retired and stopped playing but all of them were just quite almost found it a little bit overwhelming yeah I mean as soon as that final whistle went I think even I sort of oh, well almost cried more or less not entirely sure why I think it was literally the fact that women's football used to not even be spoken of it will be put on some random channel on the tv but now it's everywhere and for us to win the Euros against Germany in the way that we did it just it's just insane do you feel that it legitimizes the, the women's game and that at every level would and should receive more respect yeah I think it's going to help sort of all levels of women's football now massively because it's just sort of proven that we are just as good as the men like you know like why should we receive less than what they do we are just as good if not better so why do we almost need to suffer the sport in itself is just it's much more fun I used to be a Man United season ticket holder but I think as I've got more and more into the women's game, it's it's just it's women's football is overtaken, 
Um, I used to yeah. have a little unwritten rule with my partner that if Man United are on the telly, I, I get I get control of the remote. But now it, I, I kind of save up those opportunities for whenever there's a WSL match on or if ever I want to go out and watch a match instead. It's uh, it's just really pleasing. Like, I don't know if you found the same. I, I found a lot of people would, were sending me text messages. I'm watching women's football and wow, they're really good. And that's why I kind of wondered yeah. whether you found sort of similar things, whether we were all sort of like work colleagues, maybe perhaps they obviously probably know and care about you. So they took it seriously. But if there's that extra level that everyone wanted to talk to you about it because they associated you with women's football and they felt like they, that they felt they had common ground now, I suppose. Yeah, more or less. I mean, they used to get people that would come up to me and be like, oh, I watched so-and-so play the other day, the, the women's football. And I'm like, you sound surprised. <laughs> and yeah. they'll be like, yeah, they're like, it was a really good game. It's better than the men's. And I'm like, yeah, now come watch me at Liscard. What Liscard. can I say? Like, yeah, <laughs> come to Liscard, watch yeah. a proper game, and then we'll go from there. Definitely. But no, yeah, it's just great. Great to see how much it's just sort of come about. It's like back in secondary school, I used to just try and get a team together. And you get the first couple of sessions, yeah, a few girls would come, and then after that, it would literally just sort of die right down. But like I said earlier, with everything that's happened in the Euros and in women's sport in general, I guess, it's how much it's picked up. It's just incredible to see it makes me proud to be a part of women's football definitely it's definitely and as a incredible. as the father of a two-year-old girl it's really it, it's encouraging that whatever sport she wants to play if if she doesn't play football it won't be through lack of exposure but whatever sport she wants to play she's going to have opportunities and that means a lot yeah it's, but it's quite nice for you though as well to also see that she's going to have much so many more opportunities now to definitely definitely she's not, do what she wants yeah and it's trying to make sure that she's also when she gets old enough to kind of really take note of it to to know what came before to like for me i'm i'm only 30, i'm 39 at the end of the month and i'm old enough to realize that, hang on a minute 10 years prior to my life women were banned from playing football it's it's, it's bonkers it's mad yeah, in our lifetimes, we think that sort of thing and be like, "Oh no, we're so so more progressive these days." But it's, it's all within our our lifetimes. So, but we've got to look forwards and try not to look too far back. Um, and yeah, exactly. it's going to be really exciting. So, on that note, looking forward, um, what are your personal aims with Liscard next year? Um, the main one I think will just be to win this league. You know, completely smash this league as a team which we always set out to do every season um, and just sort of make a bigger name for ourselves um, and get, I guess, get further along in the FA Cup as well and potentially be more of the underdogs in that one and just sort of see what comes about. See if you can go one better than the uh, first round proper. Yeah. Get beyond that, get to the final, we'll win it all. Amazing. Well, I can tell you one thing for sure. I'm going to have the Twitter notifications turned on and monitoring it and looking out for all of the results and um, keep my fingers crossed that you guys have every success because it sounds like you're all doing the right things and I think it's going to be We're real raring f- to go yeah it's going to be a fun time for the club so when you do come on will you come back on once you're uh, top scorer of your league in the FA Cup again yeah of course yeah whenever you want me on let me know and I shall be there and so where can our listeners follow the exploits of uh, 
Chloe Williams and uh, Liscard Athletic. So you can either get me on my Twitter, which is at ChloeWills27, or you do have my Instagram, which is, again, at ChloeWills97. And then we also have the Liscard Women's Twitter page, which is LiscAFC Women. Excellent. Well, I'll, we'll be sure to give you a follow. And um, thanks for coming on. Best wishes for the rest of the season. And we look forward to speaking to you again. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. We're kicking off during March Madness. Cal's Kentucky Wildcats are in the hunt. So throughout the tournament, I'm going to call up my friend to ask about his wins, losses, and especially what he's telling his players in the locker room. You got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.